Hallelujah. God is no stranger to all of us, right? God is no stranger to you, no stranger to me. God bless you guys on this beautiful Sunday morning. Um, I see Vaughn and Amy are moving about with ice cream. Let's hear it. They, they are no stranger to us the last few weeks. Grateful for that. They got a special surprise for us, a different flavor today, so enjoy that. Uh, Claire wanted me to mention if any of the kids want to run the hill that she is going to officiate hill running. So, so we are no stranger to the fact that the kids want to move about as well, right? So I want to talk to you about a few people in Scripture in the book of Acts that God was certainly no stranger to, and it's in Acts chapter 3. If you recall, or maybe you're new to this, we're going through the book of Acts. We're talking about new beginnings, and we're going to talk specifically about one guy that had a totally new beginning in his life in Acts chapter 3. If you've got your Bible or your phone app for your Bible, go ahead and open And to a familiar story for a lot of us, and this is what it says, starting with verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate so that he could ask for alms from those that were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Alms are simply, if you're not familiar, alms are simply just a financial gift. Basically, he's sitting at a strategic place right outside of what we would call the church building, asking for help financially. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting, everyone say expecting, Say it louder than that, expecting <laughs> expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. Immediately his feet and ankles were made strong, jumping up, and he stood and began to walk. He entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Could you imagine what this was like for this guy and for the people that were witnessing this? It was the first time that he was able to enter the temple on his own. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. The first person that God is no stranger to, obviously, in this story is the lame beggar. He is living in the land of expectations, but limited expectations. He is a person making the best of a bad situation, isn't he? The scripture says from his birth, he could not walk. He was lame. So literally from his birth, he was unable to walk. So kudos to him in a very difficult, lifelong situation for trying to make the best out of a bad situation. He would have people pick him up, literally carry him to the temple or the church building. The beautiful gate was this entrance that was grand. Some, Some historians say it was a golden entrance. Some say it was a copper or bronze entrance. But whatever it was, it was a beautiful gate. 
and he would set right outside of that because people coming to the temple, like you and me coming to church, for instance, they were coming, and one of the things they were coming to do was to give. And they would see him, and it was a strategic place. So from birth, he was stuck in this place. Some of us might not understand what it would be like to be stuck in a place since your birth, but some of us, or all of us, can understand what it's like to be stuck in any place at some point in your life, maybe today, being stuck in a place. What happens if you're stuck in a place for a long period of time, especially for your whole life, is you don't even have an appetite for what you're missing. This guy doesn't even know what it's like to walk. So it's hard to imagine what kind of appetite he even has to walk because he has learned to live his life with limited expectations. A limited expectation for growth and wholeness, perhaps. The scripture goes on and it says, they would lay him daily, daily at the gate called the, of the temple called the beautiful gate. And what happens to him and what happens to us is when we are in these lame places, these places of stuckness, and our appetite begins to wane, perhaps even during this pandemic, you have, you've found your appetite for certain things. You've almost forgotten how good it could be around certain things. And we, build, we begin to build, like this man, routines around our stuckness. He builds a routine, and people even support his routine of being stuck in his lameness. They would literally, he would wait every day, wait to be picked up, and they would carry him and drop him outside the beautiful gate. They would kind of plop him down, and he would ask for alms. They'd come back at the end of the day, years on end. And this is what can happen to us as we get stuck in our lameness, our stuckness, these places, and we almost forget what wholeness can be like. And we begin to build routines around our stuckness. He waits for them to come. It gets this feeling, how about you, where it just begins to feel like the same old, same old. You get up in the morning, you do the same old thing, and you you, do the, you get ready for the same old job. Maybe now it's going to the same old computer or maybe you do actually go to your place of business and you're there for a while or you go to school. It's the same old thing. No expectation for change or wholeness or growth. And you just do it. You get done at the end of the day and you go back to the same old house, the same old room. You have the same old kind of food and you're just doing the same thing and it begins to feel that way. And the stuckness, then the routine begins to grow on us. And we can forget that routine can be healthy or unhealthy. Some routines are healthy. Some routines are unhealthy, right? Like, did you ever forget what day it is? That can be evidence of healthy, unhealthy. Some of you, maybe you've forgotten what day it is during the last several months. Like, what day is it? Because it's just the same old thing. I feel like it's Groundhog Day. Pandemic Groundhog Day again, right? It isn't unhealthy, for instance. I know when Claire and I go on vacation, sometimes I forget what day it is on vacation. That's a good, that's a good forgetting of what day it is, right? But when you begin to forget what day it is in your life that's supposed to be moving forward and things are supposed to be happening in growth and development, that might be evidence for the fact that we need to wake up and say, I've got to break this routine. What happens when we get stuck is we begin 
to lose our appetite for things like reading and growing and dreaming and visioneering, investing our life and hoping and, and uh, having faith for new things. We begin to find that we get stuck in ruts in our career, in our, in our finances, in our relational world. But they put him at the beautiful gate. What an oxymoron, right? He's at the beautiful gate. He's at this beautiful place. It signifies the place of entrance into your future. And it's crazy, isn't it? We can even feel this way right now. This is the gate to the temple. Think about this. This guy is being set outside the temple. Nobody thinks about bringing him into the temple where he may receive the very thing that he needs, healing for his body, until Peter and John show up. And it's interesting, the verbiage here, because Peter says, when Pe- it says here, Peter and John were about to go into the temple, and he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. Now there's two things that are important to notice here that Peter realizes and John realizes. First of all, understand, don't, sometimes when the scripture says something, there's more than is being said. When Peter says he has no silver or gold for him, what he's not saying is, I'm broke. Peter is a worshiper. He's on his way to the temple. He will bring an offering to the temple. It's a part of the whole rhythm of what Peter understood as worship. He wasn't saying, I don't have any money. What he was saying is, money isn't what you need. Therefore, I'm not going to give you money. He's saying what you need is the presence of God. The first thing that Peter does is acknowledges what he really needs is restoration in his body, something deeper. We can fall into that, can't we? We're like money can just fix everything. And Peter says, no, you need something much more than a gold coin or a silver coin. We don't have that for you. We challenge that answer as people have walked into the temple continuously. Imagine this person sitting at the front doors of our church, and all we would ever do is just throw money at them as if that would fix the problem, throw food at them. It can be helpful. It can be a blessing. It can be a goodness. But that does not restore a life. And Peter says, in the name of Jesus, it's Jesus that you need. Get up and walk. What Peter says is there's something much more important that you need. And he acknowledges, and this is one of those places in the scripture where there's a huge shift that happens. See, we can feel as though we cannot be present to God unless we get out of this parking lot and into that building. This is the same thing Peter's addressing here. Peter says, for the first time, I want you to understand, if you've never understood it before, Peter says to him, my friend John and I understand Jesus is with us. We don't have to go into the temple The temple is awesome. They're on their way into the temple. But the presence of God in you, Peter says, the presence of God, what I give you is what I have. The presence of God, you don't have to get in the temple. I give it to you now. And that's the challenge and admonishment for us. In a season where literally 
we can begin to feel like unless we get in through those doors, and we will get in through those doors, but don't kid yourself. The presence of God in your life is just as real in this parking lot, at your home, at your work, with your family, where you're going in and going out, in your, in your coming and going as it is when we are in there on Sunday morning. What we have, we give to one another. What you have, you give to one another. There's a proverb that says, the, the compassion of the wicked is cruel. What Peter is acknowledging here is, I could fulfill all of your physical needs, but if you do not have Jesus, it's just cruel because it just continues this process of not having fulfillment in your soul. So on this day, I want to encourage all of us, where do you need Jesus to be present in your life? Where do you sense stuckness? If you're around one of the children, they've got chalk. Maybe you can just write it right on the, right on the cement there, just a word. Maybe, maybe for you, stuckness is in your relational world. Maybe for you, stuckness is in your finances. Maybe for you, it is a very real physical thing. And then we're going to invite Jesus and the Holy Spirit into our lives as we pray and ask God to meet us in that place and move us from our stuckness. Those manifestations, this guy getting up and walking into the temple, what an amazing moment, is a manifestation and evidence of God's presence in a new way in his life. So as you write out those words, or maybe you're just thinking about where it might be in your life where you're feeling like you just need a move of God, or your children need a move of God in a certain way, just let that come to mind, and let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so encouraged by this scripture, so encouraged that we, we, don't, we don't have to go anywhere outside of where we are right now. Even those watching on the internet, those that will watch during the week, even though it's amazing and we so long to be together and to worship together, and these are great moments, but Lord, we know that you are here with us. We pray that you would meet us in this stuck place, in this place where we feel lack or some sort of lameness, whether it's relationally or physically or in our career or spiritually, whatever it is, God, we open ourselves up. Just go ahead and in some way give some kind of evidence to God that you're opening yourself up. Perhaps it's just holding your hands before you. Maybe it's holding your hands in the air. Maybe it's looking up to the clouds. Whatever it is for you, do something to put yourself in the position of openness to God. So right now, Lord, just flood each one of our lives. You are no stranger to our stuckness, no stranger to the place we're in where we need to move forward, no no stranger to the place where we need healing, restoration, encouragement, visioneering, hope, dreaming. So right now for myself and all of my friends, we receive it, God. We receive from you. In the name of Jesus, what I have to give to you, friends, is Jesus. What you have to give to one another is Jesus. So we receive you, God. We receive the Spirit of God to move in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.
that God is for you. God is for you, for your children, for your children's children. God's blessing is upon you. May you receive the fullness of God's impartation on this day, carrying it into this week. And may you be a bringer of the presence of Jesus wherever you go. May God fulfill every deep desire you have even the things you have thought of on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed, friends. Have a great week. If you didn't get ice cream yet, make sure you connect with Vaughn before you take off. We love you guys so much. Amen. And don't forget, if you wrote a word or did a drawing on the cement, we would love to see that. So text that to 269-247-7717. We would love to see that as we sing amen. Go before you and behind you and beside you.